Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. If she is changing the bedpans and he gets out of bed to go to a fucking chocolate factory, she needs to murder him. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our sheer childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Guys, it has finally happened. I've gotten Jenny to watch the original, and as far as I'm concerned, the only, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 version. Yes, I watched it, and it was good, but I mean, the amount of hype that you guys all had on this movie, (laughs) I don't think it was ever going to live up to that. You need to watch the dumpster fire that is the Johnny Depp version. Oh, I heard that was bad. And I love Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, but I heard it was really bad. It's pretty bad. All right, Jen, so what's going on today? So I I just want to discuss the Jeff Bezos space trip. I saw this. So Does does his ship look like a penis? That's what I heard. heard I'm on this group text with some of my friends, and that was like the hot news this morning. That the penis is flying through the sky. Yeah, that the spaceship looks like a penis. And for some people, that's a that's a big deal. For these people, it was. Okay. So, I... Okay, these billionaires are flying all over the place. It's like, it's what, 2021, right? Like, whatever. It's crazy. But the funniest thing is that, you know, like, Branson went up. Like, they all, mm-hmm. you know, spell mm-hmm. Elon Musk. They're all flying around. <laughs> Jeff Bezos had to take his little brother. <laughs> he had to take on. his younger brother with him. No, he well, didn't yes. have to take him. Yes, he no, did. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. The little brother's probably really smart and good company, and Jeff Bezos wanted to bring him no, along. Because Jeff Bezos has an entire company full of engineers, and he needed his brother with him. <laughs> that mo- Their mother was like, Jeff, you have to take Mark with you. You can't go to space and not take Mark with you. <laughs> He and totally got saddled like, up with the younger brother. The mother's probably like, stick together, make sure Mark comes back in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled a carrot, like he pulled a carry on Jeff. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, what do you think this kind of means for space travel, like this privatization? I mean, nothing that we're going to see in our lifetime. Because first of all, like, all right, you could, f- I guess you could pay, it might get somewhat affordable in that it would be tens of thousands of dollars instead of mm-hmm. millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know. Nothing we're going to be able to do. But there's nothing in space. Like, there's no, right, like, like what where are you going to go? Right. The end goal, like, like, scientists are at the space station and they're doing really important research work. Like, they can't even go to the bathroom in a normal way. Like, it's, it's a horrible place to exist. It's not fun they're there on very serious business so like you can float by the space station and like flip them off or moon but like but like hanging out in space is not comfortable like it's not vacation oh well then i I I won't be there until they build like some kind of resort on mars and like terraform mars like i don't understand i mean i would do it in a second don't get me wrong but i would just like fly around and come back and that's you know in our lifetime i don't think that's gonna be affordable for the average person you know i my feet are firmly planted on the ground. Well, how about mom texting us the other day? Out of the blue, she's like, can you guys promise me that you won't go to space? <laughs> like, like it's like, some done. kind of option. Done. Like it's, And I'm like, I would go in a minute. And she's like, oh, please promise me you're not going to go. I'm like, what does she think is going on over here? That I have an option to go to space? I don't have that option. 
Jenny, if you go, you know who you have to take. Your little sister. You're taking me with me. <laughs> See, but we would have an opposite dynamic because you would take me to scorch me. Like, no, I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't take you. You would force no. me to go. No, that wouldn't happen. Don't okay. worry. You're no right. major. Guys, I also want to just give a quick reminder that we do have a Patreon feed for $5 a month or $8 a month at our Hero Mode. You can help support the show. We put out two bonus episodes a month over there. Most of them are movies and blockbusters, but we also have been doing some after-school specials, and now we're going to be doing some episodes of Love Boat. And I'm super excited about Love Boat. Because everyone in the world was on Love Boat in the 70s and 80s. Um, it's it's just a great way to support us because, as you notice, we don't have commercials. So we're trying to keep <laughs> our free feed as free as possible. So if you do have a little extra change, if you can support us, we would really appreciate that. And if you're one of the first 50 people to join, you're entered to win Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, the book by Allison Arngram. Jenny. Did you just beg for change? <laughs> I beg. I beg for 17 cents a day. (laughs) Um, And if you're listening to Blockbusters and you're not familiar with our other shows, we do cover Little House on the Prairie on this feed, Gen X This Is Why, and that's free, and it goes out every Monday. So we're on what, season five? Oh, yeah, something like that. We're halfway through. We're only halfway through. We're halfway through, guys, and we are getting closer to Edward's returning. That's all I'm waiting for. That's what I live for. Jenny's going to peace out the minute Edwards gets back. (laughs) All right, guys. So let's start, Jenny. We are covering today Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971. Do you have a description? The description reads, A poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. Okay. I realized that my first sentence, I think I have it wrong. Okay. Because this is not set in London, is it? Um, I think it's supposed to be, though. Like, I think it's like some generic, maybe Switzerland, like Switzerland, Sweden, okay. Denmark. It's okay. some generic European town. They never really say where it is. It's filmed in Munich, okay. but they never really say where it is. So, for our purposes, I'm going to call it London. Yeah, fine. Okay. It's not, we, but okay. We open on a candy store in London, and there are a bunch of kids purchasing candy. And Jen, the candy store owner, is all in. These I'll kids attacked this candy store they attacked it yeah and then i said oh my god is this a musical yeah there's music and it's the and i'm like is this where the Candyman song came from like (laughs) you have to understand all the realizations i went through while watching this yes that's sammy sammy davis jr's song and he wanted to be in this movie but they didn't want that big a name in it oh like this was like some nobody guy did you see the dots Remember yeah, I saw the dots. Remember saw Ken dots. used to, our friend Ken used to eat the, and she just eat the paper? No, I don't remember, but I'm not surprised. Do you, did you see the opening? Did you like the opening with all the chocolate? Well, I thought it was really sexual. Really? Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> weird. And then, did you see the Hershey Kisses? Yeah, guys, we live, we grew up right near Hershey, Pennsylvania, and they have a chocolate, quote, I'm putting this in quotes, chocolate factory out there. Which is so fucking lame compared to the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. And I remember going to it the first time and I was all excited and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> After you see this movie. Where's yeah. the lickable wallpaper? Where's the fizzy <laughs> lifting drinks? So I just wrote, did Hershey steal kisses from Willy Wonka? <laughs> and then I realized what I wrote. <laughs> all right, Jen. So we meet Charlie Bucket. He's a good natured young boy who has a fondness for Wonka. He walks home after his job delivering papers, and he walks past the candy factory, and he just stares at it in wonder. So all I wrote upon meeting Charlie was, there's a brooding, gender-neutral kid outside. Yeah. I didn't know he was Charlie at first. (laughs) (laughs) He runs into this scare. I wrote, scary janitorial type dude. Who? Who is this character from Macbeth? (laughs) <laughs> that is suddenly in, in the chocolate factory. There's a lot he's of like that. He's like a character from Macbeth. There's a lot of that. He's got a bunch of knives. He's making yep. like scary predictions. Yep. He tells Charlie, no one ever goes in and no one ever comes out. Put a pin in that. Remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So now we get to Charlie's house. Let's just put okay. aside a half hour here. <laughs> I have I have a hundred questions. I have a hundred questions. When I saw this scene... 
I turned to Timmy, my husband, and I said, Jenny will get stuck on this for 20 minutes. I have a hundred questions about this. you're going to want questions, and I don't have answers. So <laughs> let me just go through this. Then, we'll, then I'll open up for questions. Okay. There are four grandparents who have been bedridden for 20 years. <laughs> okay? They are Grandpa Joe, Grandma, jo- Grandma Josephine, Grandpa George, Grandma Georgina. Charlie's poor, overextended mother is taking care of these people. Okay. Grandpa Joe says it's a shame Charlie has to work like this, that his father's dead, and he has to support the family with the mother. So as soon as he's going to get his strength back, he'll get out of bed and help Charlie support the family. Mom says, Dad, in the 20 years you've been saying this, we've never seen you step foot on the floor. Question. Yes. I'm opening up for my own question. Where do they go to the bathroom? Oh, God, are there bedpans? If she is changing the bedpans and he gets out of bed to go to a fucking chocolate factory, she needs to murder him. She needs to slit his throat in front of the three other (laughs) There's a whole (laughs) anti-Grandpa Joe movement online, I read. Why are they in bed, Jenny? So, I don't understand this extended family. (laughs) I just have that written down. But here's the funny part. As somebody who has seen this movie 20 times, I just never questioned this. What? Are I you kidding me? I just accepted it. Like, it was kind of, it became like a pop culture joke in, like, the 90s. Like, oh, they're all in bed. But, like, when I used to watch this as a kid, I don't know. I never questioned it. I mean, I guess I can understand not questioning as a kid. But as, don't forget, I'm blown into this in 2021. <laughs> and I was just like, what is happening right now? First of all, how do you end up with all grandparents together? Like, I know, that seems I know. weird. Like, why does she have to take care of a, is it a Charlie's <laughs> father's parents also? First of all, Grandpa Joe, the actor, is 64 years old. I know, old. I, I saw that. He, he has 85. been in bed since he's my age. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was even an option. Not only would they, they, they would have lost weight, right? They would have bed sores. I don't know what's happening. It is, it is crazy because all the beds are pushed together in the middle of the floor. No, they're in just... one big bed, it looks like. Well, is, is that... Oh, it has two headboards. It... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, why don't they give them their own space and, like, move them back? Like, it's oh. super weird. This is super weird. And why are they sleeping? How can they sleep? What are they busy doing that they sleep? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Okay. This was super strange to me. <laughs> and this poor woman, I would just light the house on fire and take Charlie and leave. <laughs> you would leave Charlie in there. Shut the fuck up. Right, I'd Charlie, leave Charlie leave. in there. All right. Charlie comes in and kisses Grandpa George, Grandma Georgina, Grandpa Joe, and Grandma Josephine. Jen, they're eating cabbage water. Okay. So, did you ever hear about that cabbage soup diet? Yes. Where supposedly it takes more energy to digest cabbage than it is, Mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. our calories in it. Yeah. Is that true? If you want to hear a good podcast on the cabbage soup diet, head over to Maintenance Phase. It's a great, they do a whole thing on it. They debunk diet myths and nutrition myths. I was doing cabbage soup like a couple years ago and it's, (sighs) I don't, I, like it's fine. If you put enough vegetables in it, it's actually kind of good. I but love then I, cabbage. But then I want to add pasta to it, and that defeats the whole yeah, purpose. That defeats the purpose. Yeah. What is, like, there's four, okay, there's at least two able-bodied grandparents in that bed. How do you know that? Grandpa Joe is able-bodied. Oh, well, we don't know Josephine, that at this point. Grandma Josephine looks pretty good, too. <laughs> we don't, she could not have legs. We have no idea what's going on in that bed. <laughs> but we don't know that Grandpa Joe is able-bodied at this point. No, we don't, but then... Then I flew into a rage because Charlie got his first paycheck today, guys. So he bought the bread with the paycheck. And then he offers to buy Grandpa Joe's pipe tobacco from now on. So not only is this motherfucker in a bed, he's smoking a pipe and blowing it all over the other grandparents. (laughs) So not only is he spending money on pipe tobacco, he's smoking in the room with these people. Oh, my God. Jenny. (sighs) Okay. There's a Grandpa Joe anger movement online? Yeah, yeah, there's some kind of like anti-Joe, anti-Grandpa Joe (laughs) thing. (laughs) Okay. 
So later that, oh, so Grandpa Joe is shamed into saying he's going to give up the pipe tobacco. He should. He should. I just wrote, wow. Just wow. wow. <laughs> okay. This is crazy. I just didn't understand what was happening. Later that night, everyone is sleeping except for Charlie and Grandpa Joe. And Charlie's telling Grandpa Joe the story of the weird dude. And Grandpa Joe tells him about the day Willy Wonka locked his factory up. He locked it up because all the other chocolate makers were sending in spies dressed as workers. Especially the villain, Slugworth. So did did he... So he locked it up to avoid spies for like three years? Yes. Because in those... And then to start working again after three years, yes. right? Yep. So did he have to grow Oompa Loompas in those three years? He did rescued he like him? them from Loompa Land. Okay. Sure he did. Okay. Um, but Grandpa Joe's like, we don't know what happened. Like three years later, the factory suddenly started working. And that's the biggest mystery of all. He grew them in test tubes. He may have. Yeah. He may have. Now we're at school with the terrible teacher. <laughs> They do some experiments, and Charlie fucks it up, and then they hear people rushing in the hallway. There's a buzz because Wonka's putting five golden tickets in candy bars around the world. Jenny, never seeing this, what did you always make of the reference to golden tickets? I don't know. I don't think I ever knew where it came from. Like, there's even an episode of The Office where Michael puts yeah. golden tickets in reams of paper. Well, I mean, I knew that it was a thing in the Willy Wonka. I knew generally that it was a thing in the Willy Wonka thing, but I don't think I... Like, I knew this story generally, okay. Okay. but I don't think I knew all these references came, like originated there. Mm-hmm. Guys, I've been trying to get her to watch this forever. I'm just really happy that so you So was did. there... I was going to do my index card on this, too. Was there... Were there was there a golden ticket reference before this, or did this did they invent it? No, they invented it. You're sure? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think golden ticket is probably. Uh, we should look this up because mm-hmm. I feel like. Pause. Okay, we're back. According to Merriam-Webster, if you scroll down. First known use of golden ticket came in 1890 in the meaning defined above, which is an extremely valuable opportunity or means of access to something desired. Okay. Okay. So Willy Wonka, or well, Ronald Dahl stole it. Did not invent it. Correct. Well, didn't steal it, but did reference it. So, guys, you know the plot of this movie. He's putting the, the golden tickets in five candy bars around the world. Okay. If you find them, so Willy Wonka to... is letting people visit the factory via a lottery, and this causes class to get dismissed. Yes, it does. The whole school's dismissed. <laughs> right, Jen. It kicks off a madness. Wonka has a top-notch marketing firm. Can we just discuss? Wonka. This town is obsessed with Wonka. I have an index card. <laughs> Was there was. Was there really a Wonka candy company? Okay, this is a good one. I'm in. Can you answer the question? I'm going to say no. There sort of was. Mm. The film was financed by Quaker Oats Company. Mm-hmm. They wanted the film to tie into a new candy bar that they were going to release. This is why the name was changed from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The f- when the film was released, the company began marketing its Wonka chocolate bars. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Wait for it. But unfortunately, there was an error in the chocolate formula that caused the bars to melt too easily, even while on the shelf. Oh. So they were taken off the market. Net market. Nestle now owns the Wonka Candy Company. I was going to say, like, as an adult, I have never really seen Wonka bars out in the wild. Well, Why this would have been in, like, 1971. But why doesn't somebody do this? They would make a fortune. Nestle owns it. Why don't they? Why didn't they put them out in the Johnny Depp movie? Came out. Yeah, Crank out Wonka bars. People would be all over that shit. I would eat it. I mean, I wanted to eat chocolate so bad after watching this movie, and I don't even like candy that much. I know. I know. It's bad. All right, it like, made me want a Hershey bar. This story is world news. And Charlie yeah. and his grandparents are watching, too. And Charlie wants this. Like, he wants this. And Grandpa Joe is like, hey, you have a good chance. You could get this done. Grandpa Joe, no one has a good chance. I know. 
Across the globe, Jen, Wonka mania has taken hold, and we have a people buying chocolate montage. Um, how about the psychiatrist? Who's <laughs> like, don't believe your dreams. They're not real. And the guy's like, an archangel told me where the golden ticket was. <laughs> what did he say? Like, exactly what down. did he say? <laughs> All right. So the first ticket is found in Dusselheim, Germany by Augustus Gloop. He uh, loves to eat. His father does too. And they eat the microphone when they're being interviewed. And then this creepy waiter whispers in his ear. And I'm yep. like, does no one notice this creepy guy? Like assaulting this kid. <laughs> it's before stranger danger so as they're being interviewed we see a strange man whispering in augustus's ear now it's charlie's birthday jen and he gets a scarf knitted by the grandmothers and i have oh god we both put our hands up at the same time go ahead jenny why the grandmothers give a joint gift and then the grandfathers give a joint gift like what is going on in this family i i have a i have a thought did Charlie not see them knitting this scarf? They're right out <laughs> in the open. Well, maybe they knit it while he's at school. Oh, maybe, and then shove it under their asses, where their bedpans are. <laughs> where the, where Grandpa Joe pulls his present from. <laughs> How did Grandpa Joe get that present? I don't, he probably sent the mother out on an errand. <laughs> his poor mother. Oh, my God. Then Grandpa Joe has a present for Charlie. It's the Wonka bar. And he encourages the boy to open it, and he's like, let's see it. Let's see that golden ticket. Like, he's not doing a good job here, Grandpa Joe. No. Nope. Charlie fakes them out, and then he's like, I don't have it. And Grandpa Joe tells him, you'll find one. Like, he's pretty much saying, I guarantee you will find one. Yeah. To a young, impressionable kid. Yes. Next gen, we see the worst, Veruca Salt. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's Salt. the worst. Her father owns a peanut company, and they're opening Wonka bars instead of shelling peanuts. There are tons of workers opening these chocolate bars, and I just wrote, she's a huge spoiled brat, and I knew many kids like her when I was a little kid. I thought that um, it was kind of funny that he runs a peanut company, and, like, she's nuts. Like, yes. I that was kind very of funny. good. And their last name is Salt. Very good. All right, Jen, they're opening, they're shelling 19,000 bars an hour. And do you notice the father's name is Henry and the mother's Henrietta? This is a common yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Veruca says she wants this golden ticket and she wants it now and she won't go to school unless she gets one. She's the worst. Suddenly a woman yells that she found it and as she brings the ticket up to Veruca, we see a mysterious man. The creepy guy. It's the same creepy guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we have a little interlude with the dude who created a computer, which will tell him where the next golden ticket is and the computer refuses. First, we see all the no Wonka signs, like no Wonka bars, yes. don't even ask, yes. no Wonka bars. This was like the Clorox wipes during the pandemic. Yes. Yep. Like, don't even ask for Clorox no toilet wipes. Paper. We don't have them. Um, yeah, they have this the Siemens System 4004. And I don't know the point of this scene, but it's kind of funny that, like, their AI has gotten sentient and is, like, answering them. Yeah. And, like, that, yep. that's... Yep. They should be worried about that. That's a problem. <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> okay. The third ticket, Jen, is found by Violet Beauregard in America. And her dad is a used car salesman. And her dad is very America. Violet is a gum chewer. And I wrote, she's Ugh. just annoying as fuck. How gross did I think this kid was? How much did I she hate that? She chews gum, gum and thing. she puts it behind her ear when she's eating dinner. And then puts it back in her mouth. I almost vomited when I heard that. <laughs> We see a strange man whisper in her ear. Same, Same strange, strange man. man. Mm-hmm. Same strange mm-hmm. man. Later, Charlie's mother's at work boiling laundry. Charlie swings well, by. Here's the thing. Washboards and boiling laundry. Sentient AI computers. Like, what year are we in? It's also very <laughs> unclear what year we're in. Well, Charlie's is family it like the is 40s? poverty. I know, but that's her job. Yeah. Well, the novel was written in 1964, so I imagine it probably took place in the late 40s, or early 50s, maybe mid-50s. Because I thought it was the 40s, but Europe's not war-torn, so... Right, right, right. Yeah. So it had to be, like, I guess the 50s, right? Yeah. It seemed like the cars were like the... Where was Timmy with the cars? Oh, Timmy wasn't watching for the cars. Although, Timmy mm-hmm. was way into the movie. In fact... <laughs> I'll get to it. Hold on. And you know what I noticed when, when they were doing the montage of Charlie walking through, like, the streets and stuff? Did you notice that Charlie looks like John Bon Jovi? 
Charlie does kind of look like John Bon Jovi. He does. John Bon Jovi, Jen. Side note, he can't sing anymore. And I have a theory. I, we there was a whole. thing I know, but that I have a theory. I have a new theory. Okay. What if he could never sing? And they synthesized his voice, or they did no, something to that's it. That's not true. And nobody, I saw him in concert, and nobody in his band says anything because he's I such a good dude. Concert. I saw him in concert. I don't know. He can sing. He lost it real quick, though. What happened? Maybe he has something wrong with him, like some kind of cancer or something. And I think nobody wants to say anything because he is a national right. goddamn treasure. Can we? Never talk about John Bon Jovi again. I'm sorry I brought it up. I don't know what I was thinking. Let me just say, there's a video online with a woman, and she's singing Living on a Prayer at a wedding, and she's horrible, and she's off-key, and John Bon Jovi is in the wedding audience, and he eventually has to get up and take the mic from her. She totally did that on purpose. And finished it, and he's he's kind of worse. It's okay. It's real bad. Okay. All right. Well, is this all you do is troll John Bon Jovi love, online? Love Bon Jovi, though. Love him. Love him. Okay. okay. Jen, he's upset. Charlie's upset about not finding his ticket. Like, he swung by to the mother's work to basically complain and cry. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what kids do? Yeah. The mother tells him, hang in there, Charlie. One thing, one day things will change. And then we have my favorite song, Cheer Up, Charlie. Oh, I fast forwarded through that, I think. Wow. Okay. Ticket number four is found by the equally annoying Mike TV. Mike TV. <laughs> Mike TV is that a TV kid is, addict. That kid is going to be a problem. Who can't even stop watching a show long enough to answer questions. At one point, he whips out a toy gun and is shooting the screen. He says life is all about killing. Yeah. Then we see... Red flag, people. <laughs> Red flag. Then we see the the sinister dude whispering in his ear. Okay. Now it's the middle. No one's no adults are batting an eye at this creep. No. Now it's the middle of the night, and somehow, out of his ass, Grandpa Joe <laughs> produces a Wonka bar. <laughs> Charlie and him open it, and another blatant disappointment. Thanks, Grandpa Joe. The next day at Sotheby's, we see them auctioning off the last case of Wonka bars, and it goes for five thousand pounds to Your Majesty. These are not friggin' Beanie Babies. I don't understand what's happening right now. I remember Beanie Babies. We were a little too old for that. We were too old to collect them. Like, I didn't collect them. I think a couple people bought them for me here and there because I guess everyone thought everyone wanted Beanie Babies. We didn't. But we didn't. We were too old for that. But Mm -hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that because there was probably a bunch of middle-aged people that had Beanie Babies at that time. Right. When I say we were too old for that, like, we were the in-between. We weren't a lame adult yet. (laughs) But we weren't a little kid. We were like an ignorant, apathetic teenager. I think I was like 20. No, I think we were like, yeah, probably teenagers, 20s. Jenny, I was just listening. Speaking of failing, I just listened to our episode of Fagin. We can't name the bad guy in Harry Potter. I worked for Scholastic for seven years. And you worked on Harry Potter websites. You can't name the bad guy. Voldemort? Voldemort. Yeah, but we couldn't name it. People were probably guys. We apologize. People are probably screaming. (laughs) But again, I think Harry Potter is one of those things that we were too old for. Right. But here's the thing: a lot of Gen X Gen Xers who are listening, who were born in late '60s, early '70s, probably had kids who were into Harry Potter. Yes. My I was too late for that. Like my kids missed that boat. Yeah. Unfortunately, and we we were too old as kids for it. I mean, I love the Harry Potter stuff, but. And you know how I don't read YA, so. Yes. Okay. So, Jen, we also see a woman whose husband is being held for ransom, and the kidnappers want her case of Wonka bars. She needs time to think it over. (laughs) I like those, like, funny little (laughs) vignettes. Yep. Then, breaking news, the fifth and final ticket is found in Paraguay by Alberto Minolita. Everyone is disappointed. Grandpa Joe's super pissed. They decide, the, the grandparents are all watching this, and they decide not to wake Charlie up and tell him, to let him have one last dream. But he knows, and he's in his bed crying. It must get hot under those covers. Well, and there's no privacy. How would they not hear them watching TV and talking? It must get hot under those oh, covers. God. The next day at school, we just have this random scene where the teacher shames Charlie for being poor. Well, he's he's teaching probability, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? Which Percentages we, we where you problem with. <laughs> yes. Um... Is he a, a chemistry teacher and a math teacher? I don't know. Okay, whatever. And what was the point of that scene? Just to shame Charlie? 
Well, because they were stunned that he only opened two bars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, yeah, you have a higher probability if you open more bars, but, like, really, you know, no one has a good chance of winning this. No. Mm-mm. No. Gen Except the kid with 19,000 open right. 19,000 an hour. Right. Yeah. After school, Charlie finds, I wrote, a shilling, maybe? I, I mean, a pound, a pence, a shilling. Something. I don't know. Oh. In in a in a storm drain, okay, and he runs to the Wonka store with said candy man from before. It's a candy store, not a Wonka store. He wants to buy a Wonka bar, so he buys a Wonka bar and he just starts shoving it in his mouth, which was super weird. But don't forget, he thinks the contest is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not yeah. about the contest yeah. anymore. It's not about the contest. So as he's leaving, he hesitates and he's like, "You know what? Let me buy one more for that useless sack of shit, Grandpa Joe." <laughs> So he buys another candy bar and he takes it outside. And as he does, the crowd outside is going crazy because there's breaking news. The fifth ticket was a fake. So deep fake on the fifth ticket. Mm -hmm. Charlie's like, wait a minute. And he opens his It would happen when you least expect it. He opens his candy bar and what's there, Jen? The golden ticket. The golden ticket. The crowd goes crazy. He runs home. And on his way home, he sees the creepy dude, and it is revealed he is Slugworth. Oh, God. He's trying to recruit spies. Slugworth offers him a deal. Get me the everlasting gobstopper, and I will give you a fuck ton of money, basically. Because Willy Wonka's not offering any money. No. You just want a lifetime lifetime supply supply of chocolate. chocolate. Which, you know what I would do with that? I would open a candy store. Well, I mean, you probably don't get it all at once. (laughs) Because you would need that if you needed inventory for a candy store. <laughs> okay. Now we have Charlie running home and Grandpa Joe, he, he runs to tell Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe doesn't really believe him. So this is the part. I was laughing so hard. Timmy's like, that motherfucker knows how to walk. He does a dance and a jig. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Willy Wonka does the dance. Timmy's like, no, no, no. Grandpa Joe does. He gets Did you- up. He gets up and does the full jig. Well, first, first of all, <laughs> it is revealed that Charlie gets to bring a a member of the family, and there's like this awkward moment. There's, there's no five members moment. of He's the family. Bringing there. The Grandpa Joe, and then Grandpa Joe, the motherfucker, gets up and dances. <laughs> and if I were the mother, I would punch him square in the face and be like. I'm going to the chocolate factory, and you're getting a motherfucking job. I told you. I would slit his throat, and the blood would squirt all over the other grandparents. Because <laughs> this is... First of all, this whole thing has not given me a good vibe of old age. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. when I say old age, these people are in their 60s. Right. Like, they're, he's 64. Dad is 66 and plays on a beach volleyball team. My whole point is, these people are able-bodied. At least he is. And could have he done definitely something. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to work, probably. So, I again, I was stunned by Timmy's muscle memory that he was able to reenact this entire dance. I'm stunned that Timmy didn't make any kind of comment on the cars in this film. He really didn't. I didn't see many cars. The one okay. time we need them, just cars. Not I'll, I'll show them. I'll, I'll get an update. All right, so. I wrote that he is allowed to bring someone in, and Grandpa Joe wants to go with him, but first he has to get out of bed, and I wrote, and this is an ordeal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out, Jen, the tour of the factory is tomorrow, so once the jigging and dancing is over, we see them at the factory. Now, Grandpa yeah. Joe also has a suit. Yeah, he's already He's outside. Yeah. He's like, oh, I could have got, got off my ass and went to work, I don't know, 19 years and 10 <laughs> months ago? <laughs> All right, and I also wrote, Jen, thank God Charlie lives nearby and didn't have to get there because God only knows how Grandpa Joe's driving would be. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't think they have a car. There are huge crowds outside the factory, and the clock strikes 10 and a hush falls over the crowd. Here comes Wonka, and he makes a super dramatic entrance. While they're scanning through all the kids and the families, like, Mike TV is a little intense. (laughs) I love Mike TV. That kid is a little intense. I have to say so. I'm going to say this right up front. Gene Wilder is a goddamn national treasure. Well, that whole so he I have Wonka is all Sergeant Pepper. Purple, purple, purple velvet was an odd choice. 
But you know how he like limps out and then does yeah. the somersault? Yep. That was all Gene Wilder. He he insisted on putting that into the script because he thought it would situate this character as un, like what you get, what you an see unreliable narrator. Yep, yep. Did you love him? Yeah, he was good. He was so good. Timmy kept saying, like, look at his eyes. They're so blue. And they were so blue. And he was so young. And he even sang well. Like, I just loved him. I I thought he was great. Like, we only knew the old Gene Wilder. Right, right, true. So Wonka welcomes the gang, and he fakes manners, even though we sense it's killing him. (laughs) To be polite. It's killing him. Inside. To be social. Inside the factory, Jim, once they get in, he has them sign a huge waiver. Which I love. So they're inside, and I have to say, he's got a real hyper-modern brutalist feel to his foyer, <laughs> like to his style. <laughs> it's pretty good. And the waiver is great. Did like, he... is this a pharmaceutical ad agency? Like, all the text starts getting, like, tinier and tinier uh-huh. and tinier. I can't read it. And did you notice he has the kid sign? Like, you would never have a kid sign a waiver. Well, it's it's not legal. Right. So Grandpa Joe is like, sign away, Charlie. We have nothing to lose. Yeah, motherfucker, because you've worked for nothing. <laughs> You've contributed nothing. Oh God, I was so angry. Like the mother has a lot to lose. She the might mother have should be here. Say. Why didn't he take his mother? This is insane, Jenny. I can't even. That poor mother. Justice for Mama Charlie. It's crazy. All right. So they move through the factory, and it's super eccentric. Like the walls appear to be crooked. There are illusions. Weird hallways. The kids' parents are like freaked out, but not Grandpa Joe. Jen, he's keeping his cool because he's like a big kid. He's, like, grabbing somebody's ass in that little hallway. <laughs> Wait, you can't just make that accusation. Did that really it happen? It happened. The woman's like, someone grabbed me when they were all squished in that <laughs> thing. And, Gra- and Grandpa Joe was behind her. Go watch it. Wonka also talks in riddles. Okay. Wonka takes them into the nerve center where everything is edible and the Oompa Loompas work. Then we have a song, World of Pure Imagination. Whatever. That's that's a famous song. I mm-hmm. know that one. They come upon a chocolate river and waterfall, and Wonka's telling them this is how his chocolate is mixed, and we're the only factory in the world to mix our chocolate by waterfall. Well, and everything is edible. Did you ever see that guy on the internet who builds, like, crazy sculptures out of chocolate? No. Like, he builds, like, motorcycles and shit? No. I'll post it. Post it's it. incredible. I'll post it. Charlie spots the Oompa Loompas, and Wonka, Wonka explains they're workers from Loompa Land, and... Mike TV's mother is a geography teacher, and she's like, there's no such country. Well, then, did you see where he plucks some of Mike TV's hair (laughs) off? Like, does he need kid DNA to make these Oompa Loompas? Like, what's... Something's not above board here. So he tells them that Loompa Land was a terrible country with wing doodles and monsters, and he saved the Oompa Loompas. And Veruca, of course, wants an Oompa Loompa now. This is, my God, she's an imperialist. Then we see Augustus, and he's drinking from the river. And Wonka yells at him to stop, and Augustus falls in. He gets sucked into the pipe, and Jen, Wonka doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) My favorite part is, he goes, help, police, murder. (laughs) (laughs) The mother's like, he can't swim. Did he catch this? The mother's like, he can't swim. Wonka goes, well, it's a good time to learn. (laughs) he's like it's too late the such they're like help him he's like it's too late the suction got him (laughs) and then he goes the suspense is terrible (laughs) somehow i feel like this is what it'd be like if you were forced to take children to your home oh no (laughs) don't fall off that balcony (laughs) all right so the pressure he's in the tube and the pressure get builds up and augustus gets shot into the fudge room and the Oompa Loompa comes and takes Augustus's mother away. Now, if you'll notice, the Oompa Loompas sing a song after every kid goes away. Yeah, and, and they like always they about a moral. They like fat, well, they fat shamed Augustus. They do, but the song is about being greedy. Shouldn't be greedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were just fat shaming him. There is fat shaming. But they they look like chia pets. That particular group of Oompa Loompas. Yeah, they're a little Oompa, scary. Oompa. Oompa Loompas. So next we see Wonka take the kids to see his boat, and he quotes a famous poem here. He says, all I need is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. He has it wrong, actually. It's by Seafarer, Sea Fever, sorry, by John Macefield. 
And the first two lines are, I must down to the seas again, to the lonely sea in the sky, and all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. So Wonka had it wrong. I, I wrote it correctly when I was summarizing it, but he said, he didn't say to steer her by. He had the wrong. Okay. All right. It's a beautiful poem. I'll put it in the Mimi movies. It's really. Can I wake up I now? so much. This is over. Okay. Jen, Wonka basically just roasts the kids and the parents as they get on board. He calls them fat. He calls them dumb. But he does it so cleverly, they don't know. They don't even notice. Nope, they'll pick it up. They begin down the Chocolate River. And, of course, Baruka wants one. I don't know well, what she wants. I just have, is Wonka going to kill them like a hostile, like hostile kind of? Like that movie, Hostile? Like, is it going to turn into that? It's pretty scary. <laughs> they enter a tunnel and shit gets creepy. And Jen, I wrote, it's like, okay, so you saw the film appearing on the walls? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the art film from The Ring. Yeah. Like, okay. there's like creepy bugs. Yeah. An eyeball. It's like a horror montage. Yes, yes. It's like a horror. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Andalusian Dog, like that like Dolly film. I don't know what that is. But Salvador Dolly. We've talked like the about films. that in reference to The Ring before, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, well, The Ring actually takes images from that. Okay. So then we have a song, and it's super creepy. We all know the tunnel scene. It's great. So now, Jen, they're entering the inventing room. And Wonka's being all crazy. He's got a weird bunch of machines and shit. And he's Wonka's telling them, like, don't touch anything. Don't taste anything. Don't take anything. Those are strict orders. Then he unveils to them the everlasting gobstopper. And I have to say, it looks like a DNA molecule or something. Well, I noticed the meme in that scene. The meme where, like, Willy Wonka's leaning all the time. Like, yep. Like, would you like to see it? Yep. And that's, yep. <laughs> that meme is, like, all everywhere. Yep. So, Jen, the Everlasting Gobstopper is a candy that a kid can eat forever. Gross. So it's basically socialism. Oh, it's going to yeah, destroy yeah. the capitalist nature of chocolate right. factories. Yeah. Which is why that other dude yep. would want to destroy yep. it. Yeah. Wonka gives each kid one, but he swear he makes them swear to never, ever give them or show them to another living soul. Then we see a machine that makes food-flavored gum. It's a three-course dinner. It's crushing tomatoes. I thought I saw garlic somewhere. <laughs> so what is going? And then like it, it's this giant like room full of machine that like pops out a little piece of gum. So I wanted to talk to you about that for a second. The tech is so bad in this movie because it's in the seventies, but you almost don't notice it because the setting is so bonkers. Bonkers. Mm-hmm. So it makes it almost timeless. Well, it's not like they're doing sci-fi. Everything's right, very mechanical. Right, right. Yeah. But, like, if we saw that machine in, like, a regular movie outside of a candy machine, or candy yeah, we'd store, be like, what the fuck is We'd be show? like, that is the lamest thing ever. Yeah. It's just basically, like, arms picking up dinner things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because it's in this setting, like, you don't notice it. It doesn't, you know. You don't care. All right. So Violet snatches the gum from Willy Wonka's hand, and he's like, stop, don't. And the gum is tomato soup, (laughs) then roast beef, then blueberry pie. Violet turns into a blueberry. I loved this part. And the Oompa Loompas have to take her to the juicing room. (laughs) This is so good. And they sing their song this time about moderation and good manners. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now they head into the fizzy lifting drink machine room. The drink fills you with gas and lets you float. This is a gross, gross scene, in my opinion. Well, first you pass the lickable wallpaper, speaking of gross. I do have that in here. There are some good scenes, like the lickable wallpaper and the car with the Wonka wash, yeah. I think the lickable wallpaper was like a trend in Williamsburg, like, (sighs) a couple years ago. All right, so... Jen, Wonka tells everyone they can't have any fizzy lifting liquid because it's not ready. Who decides to break the rules? Grandpa Joe. That dick face. That fucker. Oh, man. So that fucker. He and Charlie start drinking the liquid and they start floating. And then they endanger themselves as they fly close to a fan and they must burp to get down. But then I realized, like, when they were flying, I'm like, this drink makes you fly. Like, it's probably worth it, even if Wonka cuts off one of your fingers. True. True. So, what'd you think? But Wonka doesn't see it. But what'd you... Or we think Right. But what'd you think about them burping? That was disgusting. Right? Yeah. It's 
better than farting, I guess. I guess. Grandpa Joe and Charlie catch up with the others in the geese laying room. These geese lay the golden eggs. The golden chocolate eggs then go into an egg decator, which identifies them as good eggs or bad eggs. And if they're good, they go out into the world. And if they're bad, they fall down a chute into a furnace. Who wants one? Veruca. That salt kid. Mm -hmm. Veruca. I want one. Just her voice is so infuriating. She just throws a colossal like tantrum. And I'm like, this kid is only going to be disappointed in life. Like, it's only disappointment from this this point on. Well, the father tries to buy one, and Wonka says no, and Veruca throws a fit that ends in a song. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, who mm-hmm. knew? She ends up on the egg decator and is identified as a bad egg and falls down the garbage chute, which Wonka says leads to a furnace, but he thinks that furnace is lit only every other day. So she has a good chance. So she has a 50% chance. She has a 50% chance. Yes. And then the father dives down after her. I feel like at first the father seems upset, but then a little relieved, but then he jumps down the chute. Right. Like if my kid acted that way, I'd be like, "Mm, that was a shame. And then the Oompa Loompas shame everyone again. Well, the Oompa Loompas sing a song about being a brat this time. Yes. Yeah. I I just have, are they writing commandments? Like, I don't know. Well, what, they are. They're like laying out like what they, what Willy Wonka thinks a good kid would do. They're not okay. a brat. They're not, they don't talk back. But my question greedy. is like, the person who needed to hear this is dead. Because <laughs> we all know they're dead. Come on. Let's get real. Next, we have, they, they go into this lab. They, they take a car to get there. The car shits out uh, suds all over them, and then they're driving That is some weird porn shit. What is going on <laughs> is on the Willy Wonka mobile? It is a little porny. <laughs> Next, they go into the lab, and Wonka reveals Wonka vision. And Mike TV is all manic because he knows everything about TV, and he's, like, up here, like, on a high. Is Wonka, is this 3D printing? I think it is. Like he kind of invented 3D printing that flies through the air. Wonka shows them how he can transmit something by television from one space to another. And the chocolate bar he uses is huge because it always shrinks in the journey. So he has this huge bar. It breaks up into the air and then it appears in the television where Charlie just takes it right out of the screen. So it's kind of like a, it's like a replicator or a transporter from Star Trek. Yeah. It just changes the size of things. So it's broken. So Mike TV is immediately into this and wants to be sent over the TV. He asks if he could do it. Wonka says no, but he does it anyway. <laughs> Wonka's like, people, hmm, I don't know. Maybe we could do it. Yeah, I think maybe might. <laughs> I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> then he goes, then he goes, stop. Don't come back. Are you getting the condescending he Wonka goes, now? He goes, like when, when the kid goes, I want to do it. He goes, stop. No, don't come back. Yep. Or no, he goes, stop. No. Come back. Yep. <laughs> but the condescending Wonka meme is perfect. It's good. It's perfect. It's good. So the Oompa Loompas come... So Mike shows up on the TV and he's tiny. The Oompa Loompas come and get him and bring him to the taffy pulling room. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a torture device. And the Oompas sing about gluttony. So you can't be gluttonous. You can't be a brat. You can't be greedy. You got all these things? You have to have good manners. Now the tour is over and Charlie and Grandpa Joe are getting their stuff to Well, leave. you forgot that the mother put Mike TV in her purse. I think that's worth <laughs> yes, mentioning. She did. Now the tour is over and Charlie and Grandpa Joe are getting their stuff to leave. And Grandpa Joe asks what happens now. Wonka's like, oh, I'm sorry. The tour's over. Show yourselves out. I have to go write a letter to the queen. Bye. I just have that Wonka has murdered all these kids in very bestoke ways. <laughs> So he's really cold. He shuts the door and Charlie's like, what happened? Like, what I do wrong, dude? What's going on here? And Grandpa Joe. And then I realized. Grandpa Joe goes in and he he's like, well, doesn't Charlie get the chocolate? So did Charlie win something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I assumed that all five of the kids would get the lifetime supply of chocolate. Well, but the other ones are dead. But it turned into a gauntlet of some type. (laughs) Yes, it did. Yes, it certainly did. So he goes storming and he's like, when will the lifetime supply of chocolate come? And Wonka's like, "Mm, yeah, he won't be getting that because he broke the rules. He signed a contract and he drank the fizzy lifting drink. He stole it. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Oh, I was so happy you finally got to see that, Jenny. (laughs) Guys, if you've been listening, I say good day, sir, all the time, and Jenny didn't know where it was from. 
So there it well, is. Well, it's also they also say it on Little House. They do, but not in a Wonka way. And in the 1800s. Yeah. So Wonka's like screaming and he's like, you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. And Grandpa Joe's like, you're a crook. You're a swindler. You got this kid's dreams up just to smash them. I'm thinking to myself, no, you did that, motherfucker. Yeah, you, you got his hopes up. Yep, okay. that was you. Wonka's like, get the fuck out of here. So they start to leave and Grandpa Joe's going... I'm gonna give Slugwort that everlasting gobstopper. Fuck this motherfucker. Charlie's like, I can't do it, man. And he walks in and he just places the little DNA molecule right on Wonka's desk. And you see Wonka's little hand go over it. And boom, he turns like that, turns on a dime. And he's like, Charlie, you did it. You passed the test. And he hugs Charlie and tells him, Please forgive me for putting you through this, but you passed the test. You have won. You have won. And they reveal that that dude was one of Willy Wonka's operatives. <laughs> yes, which... The creep. Did he live there and never come in or out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have come in and yeah. out. There must be an entrance underground somewhere. So they get to the Wonkavator. And Wonka says, this elevator goes anywhere you want to in the factory. And I've pressed all the buttons except for one. And Charlie, it's your turn. You push it. And Charlie pushes it. They burst through the glass ceiling and they go all over London. And it is it is cool. It's technically Munich, but okay. Okay. Wonka explains the factory... Looks nothing like London. I know. I know. I know it doesn't. Wonka (laughs) explains that the factory and everything in it is now Charlie's. And he's old and he's looking for an heir. Now, how old is he, Jen? 38. He's 38. (laughs) He needs a kid, Jen, not a grown-up. And so that's why he did the... Now, I have a question. How did he know kids would get those tickets? He didn't. He didn't. Right. So... I mean, I guess he's under the... I guess under the assumption at this time is that only kids eat candy, which we know is not true. Not true. We saw those... um, We saw all the people buying chocolate montage. They were adults. Yeah. Okay. So Wonka tells Charlie he could bring his whole family and move them in. So now Grandpa Joe is able to uh, suck off of Willy Wonka's fortune. So this bed's going to get way weirder. <laughs> like, are they just going to move that bed into the chocolate factory? This is getting gross. I don't know. But at the end, Wonka says, Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he ever wanted. And Charlie says, what? And he says, he lived happily ever after. The end. Jen, what'd you think? Uh, it left me with a lot of questions. <laughs> um, I mean, teaching manners on how, like, it's like teaching manner. Does this, it either teaches you manners or how to creatively murder people. I'm not sure. I think he murdered those kids. <laughs> I think he, there's a whole internet theory on Willy Wonka. Right, that he was killer. a serial killer and he yeah. was luring the kids to the factory. Yeah. And the parents. And the parents. But he didn't kill the parents. Because he was like. How do we know that? The Oompa Loompas just took them away. <laughs> That's true. We don't know what happened That's to them. That's true. Because don't, don't forget, in that one, he blames the parents because the kids are brats. Right. That little montage. Right. Yes. Yep. So, like, maybe he thinks the parents need to go, too. This teaches you, you know, it has that biblical, um, what what are those called? The seven deadly sins? has yeah. that feel to it but it definitely it does it like in, a seven kind of vibe it does it in a more in an easier way than the movie seven in fun does <laughs> in a fun way it's murder in a fun way speaking of seven how many times do you go what's in the box what's in the box no, what's in the no. box <laughs> i don't even try i can't think about that movie i don't think about it at all um i love this movie do you think it holds up yeah, totally. Totally, right? I thought it was good. Gene was good. Wilder did win a Golden Globe for this. Or did not win, but he was nominated. And the, the score was nominated for an Oscar. Um, I thought it was so well done. Gene Wilder, again, yeah, national from treasure. 71, like, it's really well done. It's really yeah. well done. Um, and I will say this. I found Roger Ebert's review of it, and I was like, oh, please let it be oh, a bad motherfucker. review. this motherfucker. But no, he gave it four stars. <laughs> Okay. So, he's he's not redeemed yet, in my eyes. 
in case you guys don't know, Roger Ebert slammed Deb Poet Society. <laughs> and Amy will never forgive him. I'll never forgive he's him. He's wrong about everything. All right. So, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a movie or a show and we think about a theme or a lesson from that and how it shaped us as adults or shaped our generation or how the idea manifests itself in Gen X. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? So as the lore goes, I haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time watching it. <laughs> wow. So what I took away from this is this is why I'm very thankful for things like Social Security. Yeah. That, took, um, that raised 85% of elderly people out of poverty. Yep. Like, we don't have a situation where our parents and grand- or all of our parents and in-laws are in beds in the middle of our living room. Yeah. Before, can you imagine before Social Security? You just, you, they, yeah. You were, if they didn't have like some kind of money stashed away, you had to take care of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, I agree with you. This paints a real bleak picture of society for the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, Social Security changed our country completely when it came to the poverty rate of older people. They want to do the same thing with the child tax credit that's happening right now, is to lift children out of poverty. Because which I'm glad when that when the, when the um, they 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 predict that it will lift 95 percent of children out of poverty. That's huge. And it's not a lot of money, but it's like no. like I was talking. It doesn't take a lot of money, right? Though, to, I was to talking, raise that floor. I was talking to mom about this because I get 500 dollars a month because I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Mom's like. I can't even tell you what a difference $500 a month would have oh made God, to us huge. when you guys were little. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Yep. Well, it would, if, with just inflation, it probably would have been like $300 but, but a month. But still. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot. lot. I mean, that could be somebody's rent easily. Yeah. That's yep. huge. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jenny. So I have, this is why we thought old was old. <laughs> I mean, we had no... We had very few, I shouldn't say no, we had very few representations of healthy, active, old people. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. holy shit, Grandpa Joe is 64, they're bedridden, he's been bedridden since his 40s. I mean, do you think that's because the generation that, the people writing this would have been boomers, right? Well, it's based on the book, though. The parents are yeah, but the mo- brand. Yeah, that's true. It's based, but like, but all like the media of our time would have been made by boomers mostly, right? Maybe that older generation. Like, is it just is it those? Like, are those generations oddly older, or is it just history? Right? Like historically, we've lived. I don't know. Our, our life expectancy was less and less and less as you go back in time, I right? Don't know. So, if you go back in time two hundred years, and life expectancy is sixty instead of eighty. Then 40 feels very old, right? Yeah. So, like, it's all relative, I guess. But even Willy Wonka, somebody who's... Let's just give creative license and say the character's in his 40s. He's looking to retire and looking for an heir already. Yeah. It's just really weird. I I just don't have a lot of that. I, like, couldn't even pay my rent at 38. Like, I was still figuring that out. Yeah, I feel like I wasn't an adult until 40. Yeah. So I we feel like I'm still not an adult. And I have I have a second why too. This is why we think everything's a test. Cause it is. It is. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. Everything is a trick or a test. When someone yeah. gives me something or is nice to me, I'm like, you're is like, this what is this about? <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I feel like that's a, that's a theme in our generation. It's for a sure. theme in our generation. We're constantly being tested. Everything's a constant test or competition. Yep. Which is both of these things. Yes. In here. I remember, like, and it's funny because I I may have watched this movie once or twice as a kid, but where I know this movie from most is when I would babysit our little cousins who were obsessed with this movie. So I oh, was, really? I was watching it as probably a 13, 14-year-old quite a bit. Yeah, Hannah and Kit loved this movie. They watched it constantly when they were <laughs> little kids. And the girls were telling me the teachers show this in school constantly. Really? Yeah. Yep. So they show this murder show. It's a murder show, oh, let's face it. Mom would be all over this. Because Willie at the end is like, oh, they're all fine. Because Charlie's like, what about those other kids? And they're like, no, they're all returned to their normal state. We don't see that. 
Mm-hmm. No one ever sees that. No, and what is their normal state? No one ever sees that. And then remember back, I said, put a pin in it to the guy that was like, no one ever comes out, no one ever leaves. Right. No one ever comes out. Hmm. Charlie didn't come out. He's in the balloon. Do they fly the balloon back to his It's not place? a balloon. He, it's do, an elevator. Do they kill him too? I don't know. Was there ever a sequel to this? No, but you know what? There's a theory on the internet because I was looking up like weird theories about Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. There's a theory on the internet that Snowpiercer is a sequel to it. <laughs> and I, I I have to rewatch Snowpiercer because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Isn't that I loved what's it. his name? Who's the author? It's the dude that did Parasite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, Bong, Bong Joho, Jun Ho. It's a great movie. Snowpiercer is a great movie, but supposedly... Jacques Loeb? This is a sequel Jacques to Loeb? Bong Joon-ho. Oh, that's he the director. The, the book was written by Jacques Loeb. Oh. Yeah, it's a book. I think they're they're talking about it as well, the movies novel. or sequels. It's a graphic novel. They're talking, they're talking about it as the movies or sequels. I don't know necessarily if the other media is. They're talking about the movies. Oh. Um, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator is a book by Roald Dahl. And is the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Okay, so we can find out if those kids lived or at least if Charlie lived. Are you going to read and the, the book? the parents... No. I thought you would. No. Okay. Guys, come at us if you've read the book. <laughs> Does Charlie live and do they move all those grandparents in that bed into the Chocolate Factory? I need to know, factory? guys. Here's what we need to know. Does Grandpa Joe remain out of bed? Does his ass get a yes. job? No. You know he's not going to get a job. Does Charlie's gets... mother... Get to sit down and put her feet up. Does Charlie's mother murder his ass? (laughs) I told you what's going to happen. It's from behind, slash the throat, blood squirting all over the other grandparents. That's what I need to see. (laughs) All right, Jenny. So what do we have coming up next? Guys, don't forget every Monday, Little House episodes dropping. So subscribe. You'll get those every Monday. And I think I summarized the Little House well enough that if you just know it, you don't have to watch the episode. The next movie we have coming up is Mystic Pizza. Oh, yeah, we're doing on that. On Patreon. That's going to be on Patreon. So, so Jenny, we've already done a bunch of movies on Patreon. If you sign up today, you have access to all those. Jenny, what are some of the things we've done on Patreon only? Die Hard, National Lampoons, Christmas Vacation, uh, Class Action Park, mm. Jaws, Dracula, Back to the Future, Dead Poet Society, Teen Wolf, Tough turf. <laughs> Tough turf. <laughs> and summer school so far. I, Those are our blockbusters. I have a visceral reaction to Tough Turf. And then we have a bunch of really horrible after school specials. Yeah, so we do two episodes a month. So we've been doing Patreon for about seven months. So you'll have access to 14 or 15 episodes that are, are already on there. Plus you'll get, you know, two a month. So this month they're going to get um, an after school special Schoolboy Father that we just did with Schoolboy Father and Summer School. In yep. Summer School. So go ahead and sign up at, um, you can go to our website, genxthisisy.com, and the link is there, or you could just hit it in the show notes. So thanks for listening, guys. I'm glad that I finally got Jenny to watch Willy Wonka. We enjoyed it. I loved watching it. He's such an asshole. I love him. I knew you would. He's he's your buddy. All right. And then he murders kids. And he murders like, children. And he's not... Not that I'm condoning that, but it was kind of funny. And he's condescending as fuck. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you like what you hear and would like more content, please consider joining our subscription service, Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. Plus, you can hear our entire back catalog of bonus content we've recorded so far. Some of the movies we've covered are Jaws 3D, which was absolutely terrible, Teen Wolf, which may have been worse, Dead Poet Society, the best movie ever, and Summer School. We're also covering some amazingly terrible after-school specials, like Stoned with Scott Baio and Which Mother is Mine, starring Mrs. Cunningham and Mary Ingalls. Brilliant. You can sign up for Patreon by going directly to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can download the Patreon app. Just search for Gen X This Is Why and subscribe. You can also visit our website at genxthisisy.com or visit the show notes where we have all of these links for you. 
As always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.